few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome in to this week's episode of the It's Your Tales World podcast, brought to you by, as always, Nate Wade Subaru. Hey, it's a Subaru A Lot to Love event at Nate Wade Subaru going on right now through March 31st. Get 0% APR financing for 63 months on all new 2021 Subaru Ascents, Impresas, Legacy, and Outback models. You cannot beat that, people. 1207 South Main Street. That's Nate Wade Subaru. Hey, got a cool, got a cool guest. By the way, Bartle, Steve, he'll be back with us next week. Uh, for now, however, I caught up with the director of player personnel. His name is Robert Blecken. Uh, I'm sure many of you listeners here uh, are well familiar, are more than familiar with 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 Robert. I call him Bobby. Uh, he's in charge of recruiting. Essentially, we we took a deep dive this week with Bobby. Uh, talked all things transfer portal, what he looks at when it comes to film, uh, recruiting trips, what actually happens, what's the elevator pitch that Utah football uses, all of the good inside sort of stuff that you, the fan, want to hear. We have it for you right this week. This is Bobby Blacken. That's new, by the way. That that's new from Zoom. Yeah, it's a two-party consent state to record. Is that why that? Because that hasn't happened for no, a better I, part I, of a year. I have no clue. I made that up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Bobby. Let's not waste any more of your time. Uh, so I, I guess a good place to start would be um, a, dis- a discussion about the transfer portal. Um, and the University of Utah has obviously done a decent amount of work in in the portal itself. Um, if you don't mind, Bobby, I guess what's the the dumbed down version or the version you're allowed to tell the public as it relates directly to the strategy that the University of Utah football program is 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 utilizing for the uh, for the the transfer portal? Uh, yeah, it's a two part strategy for sure. Um, the one probably most or more obvious uh, part of that strategy would be uh, any player that goes into the portal. Um, if they're good enough, whether it's a need or not a need, you'd, you'd be interested. If uh, Aaron Rodgers went to the transfer portal, you know, we'd be interested, even though we're not looking for a quarterback at the moment. But um, so, yeah, obviously you're looking for players like that, that are your take no matter what type guys. And then addressing needs. Um, 
Ty Jordan, you know, terrible tragedy, um, you know, has a great 2020 season. He's playing so well, we lose two other guys. Um, so now after that, okay, crap, we need to find some running backs. Our room's depleted. Um, so we go into the portal looking for, you know, the top running backs available, try and get guys that have some experience that can help us. It was, you know, nobody could have foreseen us needing a running back um, or at least, you know, multiple running backs after that season that Ty had and terrible situation. Um, but the transfer portal, uh, to, I mean, it's kind of callous and it was real tough to sit with Coach Mack and Coach Witt and look at running backs after everybody was so devastated by that. But, um, you know, we had to try and put the best team on the field that we could and the portal gave us um, a way to get some players in here that have played in big time games um, so we can, you know, compete this season. But yeah, need, need, and then obviously any player that's good enough. Um, and, and hopefully, in, in a few minutes, we'll get to um, some of the players you brought in and and hear hear your thoughts and how it all kind of transpired. I guess is is kind of I think what the fan base is is intrigued in. But let's let's take a step back, Bobby, and I guess walk us through like the process. Um, so so a lot of I think a lot of fans at this point kind of have a good understanding as to the players' side of things. Um, and how they utilize it all. There's there's compliance paperwork that's filled out. Then either compliance of the football program, I imagine compliance kind of throws their name in the in the in the portal, and then they just hang by their phone essentially, and they get you know a few follows on Twitter from coaches that that's you know the ultimate tease more often than not, and hopefully, but it's never an assurity their phone will ring a couple of weeks, couple of days later, and and they have their spot. But but from a program standpoint, I mean. There are so many kids in the portal. Is point? Do you get updated every time somebody goes into the pro into the portal, or, or or are you just having a check every day to to see who's in there, who's added? Um, no, there's no type of notification when they go in, or at least if there is one, I'm asleep at the wheel because I'm refreshing that thing forty, fifty times in a given day. Especially if it's um, we have a real serious need where we have to add a guy, so we're going to add the best you know, tight end from the portal almost no matter what. So when we're kind of dire like that, um, like at running back when we were, I'm refreshing that thing 40, 50 times a day. Um, And when we see a guy go in there, my goal is to not have a kid wait three days or three weeks. We're trying to hit him up within like three minutes of being in the portal. Be the first team to hit him up, let him know how serious our need is. Um, and yeah, it usually does start with a Twitter follow, especially if it's somebody, you know, we don't know or didn't recruit out of high school. Um, but yeah, it kind of just goes from there. Ask them some questions, you know, why are you transferring? What's your eligibility like? What are your grades like? Um, typically, uh, if it's a name that we recognize or a name that we're interested in, um, we're gathering that background info before we've even seen the film. So while we're requesting the film, waiting for that to come in, we've already done our homework on the background, um, trying to hit up coaches at the school, get references. Is he a good kid, bad kid? What's his deal? Um, So, yeah, that work is happening almost instantaneously um, as they go into the portal. We've had kids um, from the past that say they hadn't even finished getting back to their house from when they left compliance going into the portal, and we see it and we're hitting them up as they're driving home or whatever the case may be. But yeah, we try and try and get on it early, especially if it's a guy that had a position we know we need to add up. So yeah, that's a, it can be a very quick process. You snooze, you lose in a transfer game. You can see kids commit a day or two later um, from going in. Not sure if there's any type of 
funny business going on when that stuff happens, but <laughs> we're trying to get ahead of it, at least give ourselves a chance. No, that's that's good to know. Um, I, I guess I, I, for one, didn't quite realize it was all that that fast. So you're 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 the guy that that kind of sees the name in the portal first, uh, and then I imagine you run down the hall or up the hall, depending on the direction you're going in, um, to the coach. So so I guess help me understand this. What if you have a tight end? Are you going straight to Freddie's Freddie Whittingham's office, uh, or are you are you going to Kyle Whittingham's office, the head man? I mean. Does it depend on the, the caliber of player? If it's like a, a, a really big, well-renowned uh, player, is it is it straight to the head man? I mean, what what's the process there like? Um, yeah, if it's a if it's a no-brainer where we almost don't even, don't even need to see the film, we'll still watch the film, you know, in the end. But depending on the level of player, um, if I know that we'll be interested, yeah, I'm straight to Fred's office. If Fred's not there, straight to Coach Witt. Case by case, not as often going straight over the position coach to the head coach, unless it's somebody I know everyone is going to, you know, do backflips if we were to get them here. Um, but most of the time that's not the case where it's an, a no brainer like that. Um, so for these other guys, uh, take uh, Hunter Thedford into consideration. Barely played at SMU, um, not a ton of stats. I knew we needed a tight end. So he goes into the portal. I'm hitting him up get in the background uh, and then I'm requesting the film as well. So once we get the film, because at this point I still don't know if it's even worth wasting anybody's time on, um, get the film and watch it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we got a guy here. And at that point I'll kick it up the chain um, and away we go. But yeah, depending on the kid um, is kind of how quickly it will escalate. Right. Okay. Very cool. And so um, I'm sure you've been asked this question a thousand times, you know, maybe not via an interview, but, Certainly, when you're in Vegas at the minute, you're uh, what conven- What convention are you at? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, it's uh, a personnel convention. A lot of West Coast uh, colleges are here. Um, some East Coast ones as well. It was the first annual one. Just trying to, um, you know, get ideas, brainstorm with people, network as well. Um, just with different people, kind of in our profession. Some NFL personnels here. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a cool deal. The first inaugural one uh, put on by Nevada and UNLV. So. Hats off to those guys for putting it together. But, yeah, it's been awesome taking great care of us. Um, I had the opportunity to be a speaker on a panel at it. So it's been a good deal just trying to get ideas. How you deal with the transfer portal, of course, was a huge topic um, at the convention. So, um, yeah, I got, got a lot of good ideas and to see how other people do stuff. Well, I'm sure I'm sure at, at these sort of events that you attend, you've, you've heard this question before, but uh, it kind of sparked my interest as you were talking about Thedford, the tight end out of SMU, you kind of watching the film and you go, yeah, I think we've got something here. Like, like what, so what, what is it then that, that, that makes you feel that way about, take him for example, what was it that, that you thought, you know what, maybe, maybe he can play at Utah. Is, there, is it just minute details within the film that, that you study? Are you requesting 4K cameras to be used by, by those, uh, those people filming? Because, you know, back, geez, it wasn't that long ago. It was like when I was around, I remember like, in the locker room, we'd hear, oh, this player's coming in. And, you know, I don't know, one of the teammates or myself, whoever would pull the film up uh, in the locker room, just see what it's all about. It's like half the time I can't even figure out who I'm watching because it's so blurry. But I guess technology's kind of allowed people like yourself to look at look really, really minute details. But I guess that's the long way of asking you, what are you watching for? What are you looking for? We're using 5K cameras over here on this film, Tom. So 
4K. That might be why you're not seeing anything. You're on 3K or 4K. But, but no, um, the big thing, especially for a guy who you look on paper, and we'll use Stedford as the case study here, but you see he has three catches on the season. Okay, that's not impressive, right? No one's going to be fired up about that. Okay, well, you know, why is it that way? So you turn on the film, you see, okay, they're a heavy spread team. They're not using a tight end that often. And when they do, it's mostly run blocking, which really was something that stood out about him. Um, and then you dig a little deeper. Oh, he came into SMU as a defensive end, switched to tight end, you know, only there for a year or two. So you think, okay, this guy has a potential to get a lot better. He's new to the position. On the limited opportunities he got, he did well. He's 6'6", 255 pounds. And so you just kind of start to look at that and be like, yeah, I think this guy could be something more than what he is based on how much you're using him, developing him, just whether it's us developing him or another school developing him, just another year at a new position uh, makes a huge difference. But you see an NFL frame, NFL athleticism, um, and I think Hunter's with an NFL team right now. It might be the Vikings. Don't hold me to that. But for a guy who is new to the position, not a ton of production, even an NFL team saw something in the film enough to bring him in that maybe this guy can be even something more than he was at Utah. So stuff like that. Um, and then run blocking obviously doesn't show up on stats. So, Right. It's uh, it's fascinating to me because I just find – I find it, it it remarkable that people like yourself uh, and other people in your industry can kind of figure out, you know, what plays are going to be good. Part of me, Bobby, thinks, and I've had the, I felt this way for some time. But when you when you're trying to when you when you're trying to figure out or sort through the film that you watch, and, and people like yourself watch more film than than most, certainly, like in between the years matters. You, you, like you've got to, you got to have it uh, mentally. You got to be strong. And I want to emphasize that. And I say this in the most loving way. But the Utah football program is challenging. You know, it's challenging in good ways, uh, in the sense that it, it it makes you certainly grow up. But it's it it's demanding, right? I mean, it's a demanding program, and it and it requires a lot of attention. And you know, it's just the way Coach Witt has run it his entire career there, and and he's won a lot of games because of it. But how do you determine then, you know, so let's just say, and forget about the transfer portal, for example, let's go to high school because there's a million high school kids. And I imagine you get a million film sent to you. So you're looking at two kids out of the state of Florida that can both run, I don't know, four, four, four forties. And they're very similar. They play the same position. They play wide out. They both have good hands. They look like they run crisp routes. They get in and out of breaks. They can get off man press. I mean, they, they're very similar in that regard. How on earth can you tell which one to go with? Or do you just sign both? And keep, I mean, what do you do? How do you do it? Well, in that case, we probably would just sign both, no matter the needs. But, um, but yeah, to the point of your question, yeah, how do you determine two very similar guys? Um, and there's no great answer. There's no great answer. You're going to be right some of the time. You'll be wrong some of the time. Um, but it's not like you're just flipping a coin. You try and pick things apart, um, work ethic, character references, intelligence. And you're even guessing on that because if you have a kid that you're a high school coach, Tom, and you got a kid that's getting recruited and you want to see him get off to college, it's good for the kid. It's good for you. And I call you, Hey, how is, you know, how's Joey as a kid? 
oh, he's a great kid. He's this, he's that. You might just tell me that no matter how, what type of kid he is. You're trying to get right. your kid out somewhere. So that part's tough. Um, the better relationships you have with the high school coaches, the more often that you've been in that area, you know more people, the references will be a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, it is somewhat of a crapshoot sometimes. You don't always know what you're getting. We've had guys that can't learn the playbook, but the coach told us, you know, great learner hard worker but he doesn't put in the time in the weight room he leaves you know he's the first guy to leave last guy to get here but he was this great leader allegedly um so you don't always know what you're getting you got to sort through it um and yeah sometimes it's just a gut feeling from getting to know the kids uh from their interactions when they're on campus when our coaches go to their high school campus um which has made this last year and a half extremely challenging um, and I do think that just across college football, you're going to see kids at G5 and FCS programs where you're like, how the hell did that guy not get bigger offers? And you're going to see guys at bigger programs that don't perform as well as everybody thought, because I think as a whole, everybody is signing kids. Um, we signed kids that we've never met and have never been on our campus. And they're signing into a four or five year agreement. And the first time we see them is when they show up in, here in June for summer school. Like in what world does that happen where you are signing these kids? And by no, I mean, an NLI is a contract, your tuition, the scholarship checks, all the stuff that comes with it. That's a, I'm guessing here, but somewhere probably around $300,000 contract over five years. And you've yeah. never met me and I've never met you and let's agree to this deal. So this past year has been crazy, but in general, it's still a crapshoot, but I think this most recent year will be an even bigger one. Yeah, that's a good point you bring up. Um, and so kind of on that subject, is is maybe outside of like studying the transfer portal and figuring out who's in there and then trying to dissect film to, to take some sort of load off what the coaches have to deal with, is is maybe your biggest role within the the program forging relationships with with other coaches, high school uh JCs, uh, college even, with the transfer portal now, forging relationships with them so that if you ask another coach in uh, Texas or whatever, or let's just stay more local, California, let's just say you know that he'll give you a right answer. Is that like the one of the biggest roles that you face on, on a daily? Um, I don't know about the biggest, but it's, it's a major one for sure. Um, because, yeah, you have a coach that you trust. You've talked to him many times. He's told you not to take a kid before. He's told you, oh, this kid, you know, had an issue here with such and such, but it stayed quiet, but the coach still discloses it to you when he didn't have to. You can trust that guy as opposed to somebody who's always saying everybody's great. He's 6'2". He shows up on campus. He's actually six foot. Um, you just start to lose a little bit of credibility, I think. Um, yeah. And that's from college to high school, and it's the same deal goes from college to the NFL. The NFL scouts come in here and ask us questions, ask Coach Witt, and I think Coach Witt's reputation precedes him that he's going to shoot straight. No questions asked. He's going to shoot straight. If you're a great, hardworking guy, he'll say that. If you're not, he won't. And I think that's why the NFL trusts our program and our guys, and I think why we've done so well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it sounds hard. It's in any business, I think. Same for your business, probably. There's certain people you trust and certain people you kind of have to at least do a double take or double check before you're going to run with what they told you. So whether it's media, sports, business, 
I think it applies just to people in general. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you're certainly right. Um, Credibility is kind of a big thing uh, in any business, but I, I just have to imagine, you know, because you guys do a ton of digging. Well, I guess how many how many coaches are there now? And you probably have no idea what the exact number is, but but how many how many people do you have in your phone that, that you feel like you can trust? Is it is it a lot? I you know you've been doing this now for for quite some time. I have to imagine that there are people out there that you can you can rely on and and, and trust as it relates to uh, kind of getting some analysis on on players across the country, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the number, like you said, but yeah, hundreds, hundreds of people, um, even people that you met five years ago that you don't even really remember meeting. All of a sudden you get a text message like, hey, I met you at such and such. I kind of remember it jogs, jogs your memory. But yeah, it's happening, happening all the time. And I think a big part um, of success in this regard is utilizing the whole building. So let's, we need a, a reference for somebody from Minnesota. We don't know anybody up in Minnesota. We don't go up there too often, but you just can ask around and work together. Somebody in the office is going to know somebody up in Minnesota, um, like Jim Harding. Maybe he he used to coach, I think, high school out in Ohio or Illinois, and then his first job, ha- he had Minnesota or something like that. But there's always some random story, a random connection between the you know, 40, 50 people in our office where somebody knows somebody at that place. You just have to be willing to work together and ask. Um, whereas I think some people kind of like to keep everything to themselves, you know, want to feel important or just, you know, want to be the gatekeeper. Whereas at Utah, I think we do a great job of using everybody. Um, a safety from uh, Missouri, Missouri state, not the college, just the state of Missouri. And, somebody on the offensive side of the ball knows somebody over there and just working together, I think is a big part. Cause I, I don't know everybody nobody does. Um, but I think the collaborative approach to trying to find a contact that can vouch for a kid, good or bad um, is imperative, especially when you can't go meet them. So I think yeah. the importance of that was way more during COVID. Uh, let's get into the juicy stuff. Um, there you go. What cool. is, What's the elevator pitch, Bobby? Like you, you know, you don't have. You get on a you get on a call with the kid you really you want, you know, really badly. You don't have you, you don't have hours to kind of walk him through every little element and aspect of the program and the city and the community and the culture and yeah, the landscape. And you got I I have to imagine what thirty minutes max. Like what what's the elevator pitch? How do you get them? How do you get their attention? Um, the, the program in general, um, as far as, you know, we've been a winning program and, you know, right on the brink of huge success, but we've still had success. I'm trying to take that next step. The NFL development is huge. Everybody talks about that. Um, that even with, you know, lower rated kids coming out of high school, what we've done with them, you know, imagine the four and five stars coming here. What, what can we do with you? I think you saw that in Jalen Johnson, um, but just examples like that are, are huge for most kids. Some kids, it's not all about the NFL development. It might be about a family feel or academics, but the kind of overarching pitches would be the program success and NFL development um, typically will apply to almost all prospects, uh, regardless of the position. But finding out what's important to, to the person. And, okay, they want, uh, they care about the business school. Okay, let's educate them on the business school. We got a top-notch one. They care about engineering but they know football players can't major in engineering okay we got 
uh, Tony Bergstrom, he got a, an engineering degree here and played in the NFL. Like, so it's possible. Um, just trying to figure out what's important to them and come up with examples, hopefully, of people that have already done it here. And then, look, I have to imagine outside of the football side of things, look, you're coming from the East Coast, Florida, you know, Texas, down south. I have to imagine very few of these kids have come to Utah before. Um, you bring them out on a visit. How does that all go? Does does the program? I was I was a preferred walk on, so I, I cannot talk to, talk to this. I was uh, I was a scum. I was a peasant for a year before I earned my my scholarship. But you tailor recruiting trips, or is that that's probably too hard to do? I imagine because you bring in quite a few kids, or you used to anyway, bringing quite a few kids every year. Um, what is what 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 is what is the recruiting trip? How does it look? What uh, what do you show off? You go snowmobiling, don't you? Or skidooing? What? what? Uh, I don't know about any skidooing, but um, but yeah, of course we tailor the trip. Um, as an example, let's say let's roll the clock back, Tom, ten years ago, or maybe fifty. We'll roll back fifteen to be safe. Okay. You're you're a young single man. You like this girl in your class and. You want to take her out on a date. Are you going to just take her out to any date? Or are you going to try and figure out what she likes and try and show her things like that? The latter, I would assume. Maybe not for you. And that's why it took you a while, but you figured it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, of course we tailored the trips. And uh, How do you tailor the trips then? I just don't understand. How do you do that? If you, if you don't like Chinese food, we're not going to take you to a Chinese restaurant. If you, if, um, if you care about academics, we're not going to spend a ton of time on academics. But if you love academics, or at least your mom does, yeah, we're going to go spend two, three, four hours with stuff that's important to the kid. Um, we, you, we have our itinerary to start. Here, let me let me just finish, Tom, because I think that's a good point coming up. Um, so we got our, our schedule, right? Kid gets here. Give, show them the schedule. And I, let, I tell them straight off the bat, please tell me if there's something on here you don't want to do. If there's something on here you don't want to do, tell me. We won't do it. Feelings won't be hurt. And if there's something on here that you want to see or that's not on here that you want to see, tell me and we'll put it on there. It's your trip. We get 48 hours to show them whatever they need to see to feel comfortable and saying, yeah, I want to come to Utah. So, yeah, 100% we tailor the trip. I, uh, that's, that's cool. I like that. I do. I think that's really cool. Um, but you, got, you bring people in in groups, don't you? Generally speaking, like, you know, if I'm a recruit, you guys are bringing me in, I'm going to be with however many other people. I, you probably don't get more than 10 at a time, but anywhere from that zero, one to or two to 10 range, I have to imagine. So do you, you divvy up responsibilities then with, uh, with, with yourself, the, the rest of your staff? I, I imagine they spend a lot of time with their assistant coach as well. If, if, and of course you pair them with the player to kind of look after them. Um, if they have any questions that way as well, it's it's a team effort, isn't it? It must be a team effort then. If if you do tailor um, recruiting trips, and boy, you guys you guys are busy. Yeah, it's it's a all all week, not even all day event. It's an all weekend event. But um, yeah, so you know everybody has their different responsibilities, and when it's uh, like a stadium tour, yeah, we're gonna try and line up the schedules if we can, so everyone's there at the same time and do as much as we can together. But when we need people to go to the business building, we need someone to go to the engineering school. 
or, you know, this person wants to go up to the mountains, but the rest of the group doesn't. So we do our best to try and keep them together, but there's times where people are breaking off and then rejoining and, uh, and a professor can't do a certain time, but other, it, it's a mess, but it's a beautiful mess. We typically can always find a way to string it together, but yeah, it's a constant just ebb and flow of people coming together, breaking apart, coming together, different meeting times. You've got two wide receivers in on the same weekend. You don't want your one-on-one meetings to be at the same time with the receivers coach because that's not a one-on-one meeting. But then when they're not meeting, you got to figure out something for them to do. So it's a, it's like a big puzzle. Yeah. It's trying to fit the pieces together so it works. Well, better you than me. Uh, hey, how big a deal? How big? Or Dom, anytime. You're welcome aboard. The recruit you you don't want no Bobby no no you hey I'm a per, I'm a somewhat personable character uh but you you don't want me in in that sort of chaos um uh but moving on what what sort of what sort of role how big of a deal do you think it is uh, from a recruiting standpoint obviously the the expansion of the stadium you know, the the locker room upgrades which have been needed for quite some time I think you and I can both agree it's good that they're getting done and then of course to fill the bowl in so that uh, it's going to be a ton louder, I have to assume. And uh, how big of a deal do you think that'll play for recruits coming in? Um, I think it'll play a big role. Um, the part that is a big and important piece to me is the commitment it shows from the university to the football program. I don't know if kids will see it that way just because they're a little bit younger. They're not thinking about, you know, how, the athletic department has to divvy up money to different programs and stuff, but I think it's just a huge uh, sign of support. And I'll, I'll try and explain it to them that way. Um, Cause that's the way I see it. If you know, you didn't have the support of the university behind you, I doubt we'd be doing however million dollar uh, upgrade this is. Um, but from the kids perspective, yeah, it's going to look a lot better. It's going to be a lot flashier. Um, it's going to be a lot more convenient um, on and on. And I, I don't know. I, I don't get as caught up into how cool stuff looks and things like uh, that. I don't you, care about the uniform. Uh, I'm more about the substance, but I think I think you sound like Coach Witt. We'll do a nice job packaging the substance of it, the commitment from the university, and then incorporating that with the with the flash. So we'll have uh, a, we'll have a sizzle and a steak. I guess I guess we'll, do, we'll we'll finish on this note, Bobby, because I I think this is kind of a, a fascinating subject. One that's intriguing, college football fans uh, around the country and around the world. You're getting younger. Sorry, you're getting older. The players you're recruiting are getting younger. The, the game itself is evolving. There's, there's just this, this constant adaption that, that, that's taking place. There's a somewhat uncertain future surrounding just everything as it relates to, to college sports. How hard has it been? to adapt to to everything that's taken place through technology over for as since you since you got got to Utah how long's it been by the way when did you first get in uh 2014 okay so my junior year so from 2014 to 2021 a lot's changed transfer portal being one of them how how challenging has it been for you and and the rest of the staff to uh, to adapt to everything, Bobby? Um, I don't think it's really been all that challenging, uh, to be honest. I mean, well, at least not any more challenging than it is for anybody else because um, everybody's having to adapt and change all the same things. So the playing field stays level. It's just 
can you get ahead of it? That's, I think that's kind of one of the keys to it is not being stuck in your ways, not being resistant to change, um, trying to take the new rules and the new technologies and how can you leverage them uh, to get an advantage. Um, the portal being one, you know, just embracing it instead of trying to, you know, be resistant, which I think some programs have been. I think Coach Witt's done a good job on being open to um, going to the portal as opposed to saying, oh, he's transferring. What's wrong with him? Um, the different rules with COVID and now you have these super seniors that don't count against your overall numbers and uh, trying to balance the roster using, you know, different tactics to get more spots or less spots and just constantly looking if there's a way and not even a loophole, but a way to better use the rules uh, than other people are. So um, I like the challenge as far as, you know, stuff changing. It's not the same every day. It gives you a chance to kind of change the playing field a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, you know, in 2019, who would have thought University of Utah's in the playoff poll discussion the last week as they're about to announce it and you see Utah's logo up there. Because um, I think we have adapted well and better than, you know, some other programs. And I think our place uh, in the college landscape is reflective of that. Did you, uh, did the, the pandemic, did that, uh, I guess, teach yourself that, that you actually don't need to spend all day, every day, 20 hours a day in the office? Uh, no, it did not. Instead, spent, you know, 20 hours a day, all day, every day on your laptop at home. It was the same deal. Because you know we all were working 20 hours a day from home, Tommy. Yeah, I, I promise you. I, yeah, I, I asked that question with a bit tongue-in-cheek, to be fair, because I, I, I know how you guys operate. And it's ludicrous, Bobby. It's absolutely full. It's, it's, it's out of control. You guys, you guys need to figure out how to work smarter, not harder. You guys are living, and this isn't just Utah football that I'm saying. It's the entire college football world. You guys just work way too hard. I don't understand. But I appreciate you. Tom, I, I do think, though, we have gotten better on a serious note in that regard. Um, from when I started to right now, I do think we're um, working definitely smarter and not quite as long. Still long, don't get me wrong, but. Um, I think we've definitely come around to the more modern way of thinking as far as not just staying in your office to stay in your office. Leave when you're done. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm ha I, I personally am very happy to hear about that because I am a firm believer work-life balance is important in today's world. Uh, and if, it, if you guys, if, you know, back when I was around the program more so as a player, it, I would have jumped right into coaching. Honestly, I would have loved nothing more than to coach punters and kickers and uh, helped from the special team standpoint. But I, I, I was so put off with the work hours. You know, my old man was in the business world and he used to work stupid hours. And I just thought, I just, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So I'm glad, Bobby, to hear that things are getting better, albeit slowly, uh, as it relates to uh, time spent in the office as opposed to with the family. I also know Carl Whittingham's a pretty good guy when it comes to uh, making sure that his assistant coaches. Uh, attend family events and uh, and he's good about that. So we like him for all of it. Hey, uh, enjoy Vegas. When are you headed home? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. You're there all weekend. Uh, have fun. Do not get yourself into too much trouble, Bobby. You're there on work dime. Uh, but throw 20 on red for me, please. Uh, 
Hey, do you want kids to follow you on social media if there's, you know, kids out there or do you get hit up way too often for that to be the case? Um, the more followers, the better, but yeah. All right, you can check him out at R Blecken, at R Blecken. He is Robert Blecken, otherwise known as Bobby. Bobby, thank you, my good sir. Yeah, appreciate it, Tom. We're not all as uh, fortunate as you to be able to golf and call it work and film a show while you're golfing. We're not all quite that fortunate. friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.